Sweet. Good morning, everybody. And I hope you're doing all very, very well. It is so early. It's so early. So uh, thank you all so much for being here. Um, I was just speaking with Hannah before we went on and, and like I could feel my voice being in that like early morning mode. Uh, so uh, it's so lovely to have you here nonetheless. Um, please do take the time to uh, drop in the chat box uh, where you're watching from. Uh, and don't forget to turn it to uh, the messaging to all panelists and attendees so everyone can see your message. Uh, otherwise, just just uh, Hannah and I will be able to see it. Morning, Grace. It's lovely to see you. Um, so today our guest is Hannah Anderson. Uh, Hannah is uh, absolutely just one of those people who whose achievements speak for themselves, really. Uh, Vogue's top 25 most influential women in the UK, the co-founder of Social Chain, and... Uh, possibly most importantly, new puppy owner. Uh, <laughs> she has the most beautiful little miniature dash hound uh, in the world um, that has come into her life over the weekend and, and, and it's amazing. Um, Hannah goes into greater depth on all these things, minus the puppy in her talk, so I won't steal her thunder right now. Uh, but needless to say, I consider her one of the leaders in our industry and uh, whether you know it or not, you've probably interacted with the work of her or one of her team at some point already, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, ever so quickly to the point on the team, uh, if you're not already familiar with Social Chain, then you need to get them in your life. Uh, their daily social broadcast by uh, Theo and Eve, who work for Social Chain, is incredible, uh, is an amazing resource uh, with some social media updates on, on the latest social media news. And likewise, their Social Minds podcast, um, which I want to give a plug to because uh, I was on at one point, uh, is, is also a brilliant, brilliant resource. And they have it uh, much better people than me on usually. Um, so not only are they useful, I think Social Chain have picked, uh, pulled off a trick that only the likes of Ogilvy and maybe Saatchi do in the rest of the industry, which is going beyond just being an agency into a brand, which is pretty amazing absolutely amazing i think i've just got so much respect for everything that they've achieved so uh you know true truly amazing um this is actually hannah's second time speaking at a marketing meetup event uh the first time was in person in manchester last year and without meaning to embarrass her i remember that night um i was actually on holiday i, I couldn't make that event which was i absolutely gutted about but like i remember it feeling like a little bit of a big moment you know, the marketing meetup started in a servery in Cambridge. It was a hobby. Uh, it was something that I had no idea what I'm doing. And I still don't have any idea what I'm doing. But, um, you know, there we were going from a, a servery in Cambridge right the way through to uh, someone such as Hannah uh, speaking at our events. Um, it felt big then and it feels big now. So, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful for her taking the time and, and, you know, I'm grateful for everyone being here too. Uh, today's session is relevant because uh, one of the, the phrases that passes the lips of marketers so, so often uh, is our industry moves so fast. And this is perhaps no more true than with social media. Not only is social media a massive term, but then it's got several pillars beneath it. And underneath those pillars, there's shifting sands too. So there is always these nuances and, and ways to interact and make the most of social media. And by the end of this session, I hope you'll leave with a better sense of some of the biggest changes that have been going on and how you can adapt to them 
but then also have the opportunity to get your questions in. Uh, this session will run as a presentation and then the Q&A. So uh, as ever, now is the time to get your questions in. Uh, you can get those in by wiggling the mouse and uh, finding the Q&A feature. Uh, get your question in there and then don't forget to use the thumbs up feature too, uh, because I tend to take questions from the top. Um, to that point, it's always really, really useful if you use, do use the Q&A feature rather than the comments to get your questions in. It just makes it easier to, uh, to, to uh, you know, monitor the questions. I just got slightly uh, distracted there because there's a question, uh, a comment there from James who says that he's uh, in Bondi. So we've got Australians uh, uh, watching in as well too, which is amazing. Finally, I just want to thank all the sponsors, uh, all of whom have been absolutely unbelievable. Um, I'd like to think that the marketing meetup approaches sponsorship slightly different in the way that we actually really value our sponsors and really do take the time to appreciate them because uh, they keep us going and, and, and ultimately we wouldn't be able to do sessions like this uh, if it wasn't for them. Hey Pauline in France. Um, so uh, a big thank you to Content Cal, Fiverr, Redgate, Cambridge Marketing College, Lido, Brand, Further, Third Light and Human. Uh, I feel like I've done enough of these webinars to know uh, that those people attending will hopefully know now that my one ask is dot 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 is to thank the sponsors. Uh, please do take the time to do that. Uh, you've had a link to them before this session. You'll have a link to them after this session in the follow-up email. They're people, they appreciate our thanks uh, and, and ultimately their support in our community. So please do take the time. With all that said, uh, that's my introduction over. So uh, I get to hand over to Hannah now. So Hannah, over to you and thank you for being here. Thank you very, very much. That was a very humbling introduction. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I shall just share my screen. Give me one second. Sweet, we've got you. Fabulous. Are we good? We're all good. We're all good. Um, so I'll just jump. I'll just jump into it. Um, so yeah, as Joe said this presentation is going to be about adjusting social and um, what's changed, how you should adapt. Um, I think the past couple of months have probably been the most turbulent couple of months in, in this generation's lifetime, but the impact that that's had on social media has been, has been phenomenal. Um, and what I'll go into in this deck is kind of what changed at the start of lockdown, how we as a company were able to adapt to that, and then what's changing now. Um, so we'll get cracking. So this is me about two and a half years ago. Um, I broke my back. Uh, I was trying to do a backflip on a trampoline when I landed myself quite literally with a broken spine. Um, and I was lying there face down on this trampoline in the very worst pain of my life, screaming, help me, help me, and wiggling my toes to see if my legs were still going to work. Um, the only thing I could think was this is gonna make a fantastic tweet. So my name is Hannah and I have been addicted to social media for about 10 years now. Um, the thing about social media is every like, every comment, every retweet that you get sends a hit of dopamine directly to your brain. It, it makes you feel good. And this is what I absolutely loved about social media. When I was in um, sixth form in 2010, wow, that makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> 
I started my first ever page on Facebook. Um, I made a page about something that I was very passionate about, sandwiches. Um, it was called, I could always do with a good sandwich. And I used to post uh, hilarious things like this. Um, and as you can see, I could always do with a good sandwich. Um, well, it went incredibly, incredibly viral. It got six likes and one comment. One, yeah, one comment. Um, and Morgan here was absolutely loving it with a ha 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 ha. Um, and I know it didn't actually go incredibly viral, but to me, that was still seven people all together liking um, and commenting on something that I had written. And I absolutely loved that feeling. Um, but the thing is, uh, as much as I loved social media, uh, it wasn't what I'd planned to do with my life. I'd never, ever wanted to be... Um, in business or anything like that I'd always wanted to be a teacher so from the age of five here um, on my very first day at school uh, this the sign there says hip hip hooray Hannah starts school today which me and my dad had made um, I think he was just incredibly happy that he was getting me uh, out of the house and into school and education for 18 years and he didn't have to deal with me screaming the place down anymore um, but yeah from this day I'd wanted to be a primary school teacher um, and that's kind of what I went into. I, I, I finished school and I went to university and um, I was training to become an early years teacher. So nursery year, year two. Um, but as you can see, when I started my teacher training, um, I still had a passion for social media and I would still post on my personal page um, about things that happened in the classroom. Um, and I was actually quite shocked to find out that the farmer wants a wife um, was now a dating site for lonely farmers, which is genuinely true. Um, and I had to give up this kind of this, this sandwich page because it was quite uncouth for a trainee teacher to be building a page about sandwiches in their bedroom. But whilst I was training to be a teacher, I had a little bit of a secret. Um, in my spare time, I'd built a network of hundreds of thousands of followers in my bedroom in my spare time and I never wanted any of my lecturers to know that because I thought I would genuinely get kicked off the course. Um, I never ever thought anything about these hundreds of hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, I just thought it was a hobby until I met two, two guys, um, Steve Bartlett and Don McGregor, who had just, um, just left their original company, Wallpark, um, to start a social media company they they kind of understood that social was going to be the next big thing and this was around 2014 early 2014 they'd been building pages similarly similarly to me um, and they made me an offer they made me an offer so I had at the time maybe about six seven hundred thousand followers across several different pages so I had a page about Harry Potter um, I had a page about the sims and I had a page about um things that happened in primary school so I was going in I was going in a class every day and I was seeing things that happened still in primary school that I saw when I was there so the thing like um you falling too far back on your chair cracking your head open and and, and dying and the teacher telling you that story and it was like apparently about 40,000 people could relate to that um but yeah they'd left their they left their business they wanted to start a social media company and they reached out to me and they said we'll offer you 1,500 pounds for all of your pages and I genuinely considered it. I'd never, ever, ever seen money like that in my entire life. I was like, wow, 
£1,500 that there was more value in that. And looking back now, there definitely was more value in that. Um, and I was like, what? And we also work with some of the biggest brands in the world on their social media because we understand what it takes to grow a brand on social. And then in 2018, um, this was mental. Uh, I was listed in the Vogue 25 list of the most influential women in the UK, alongside people like JK Rowland, um, Dua Lipa, Meghan Markle. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not in that list because I'm a famous author and I'm definitely not a princess, as you can see by looking at me. Um, but what I do have is an understanding of how to reach people, how to engage people um, and how to make people feel something. So going on to the, the topic of this, um, this presentation, now you know a little bit about me and kind of where I've come from. Social media changes every single day. Um, and we've been adapting on social for six years. You know, this, if you look at social in 2014 compared to what it is now, it's massively different. We've gone through ups and downs of platforms. We've had entire networks obliterated and we've had to adapt to that. So what's changed now? What's changed recently? Quite a bloody bit, quite a bit. So going into this, this is a, a little graph that I made, um, I spent, far too long on it um i was i was considering like writing it down and like drawing it but um i worked out how, how to do it um so you have there the pink line is covid the changes that that's impacted so things like us being locked down things like not being able to go out um, and then you have the impact of social so social usually changes at quite a constant it changes all the time so that's up at, at, at three this this scale on the left hand side it, it's not um it just the numbers mean nothing it just means how much has changed um but social changes are constant usually but when when covid came along and, and we started to lock down that had an impact on social as well um it was it went up to changing a lot more than it usually would so at the the point where everything's on six that's when we're we were fully locked down um i'll go into it on the next slide so the, these changes at this time so around march april may people were spending way more time on social um it was difficult to make publishing content at home you know we couldn't go into a studio and that was the same for brands and things like events were cancelled events were cancelled going out was cancelled um and this might have seen a seemed a bit daunting to a lot of people you know how are we going to adapt our social when um you know when things are cancelled and it's so difficult to make things at home but what we did in this point and I can remember um the day of lockdown the day before lockdown when we were in the office and I was like as much as it was a horrible situation I was I was excited I was like there's so many opportunities here um so we looked at each of these points and many more as opportunities um, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this part because we're kind of beyond that now. But what I want to do is show you how we adapted then and then how we're continuing to do so. So at this point, um, we kind of took things as an opportunity. So the fact that people were spending more time on social, the fact that events were cancelled, 
sparked opportunities in our mind and we were able to go to clients with that so this is one of my favorite things that we've done in lockdown and this was at the start start of the middle of lockdown so the olympics got cancelled um which was not a very nice thing um and when arla cravendale what came to us wanting to uh, increase their brand awareness increase an understanding of them being the milk that lasts longer we saw an opportunity in the Olympics being cancelled and we created the Marble Olympics, the last marble standing. Um, I'll show you the, the trailer video and then I'll explain a little bit more. Can I get a thumbs up that we can hear that? So that was the Marble Olympics. And just to kind of explain that a little bit more, what we did was we found um, this YouTube channel called Gels Marble, uh, Marble Runs. And what she does is marble events. So it's the marbles going down, um, I don't know how to describe them, like spinny things, doing like a long jump. Um, and we had six teams, six teams of marbles, all branded in different, um, different milky ways so for want of a better word um so it was things like um I can't remember the names exactly but they all had different different milky names for each team um and this was hosted on her YouTube channel we had six different events that was then amplified on sport so we had a famous commentator commentating on sport which is our large sports um network we also had the picture here on the left um influencers who had children creating their own marble runs with milk bottles um, and what you'll see here is a combination of all of those things with uh, the branding that Arla Cravendale lasts the longest um, actually increased aided brand awareness from third to first um, and every other every other brand didn't move um, and it was that kind of that creative thinking and also the the um, the help of the client who were keen for us to just go wild with something like this that allowed us to do that. Um, for example, <laughs> we went to them saying we want to make action figures and they were like, yes, but the action figures were just marbles. <laughs> So it was it was such an amazing like collaboration where they were open to crazy ideas because they trusted us with that. Um, and that's what led to to an excellent campaign. Um, this is another example. Um, this is more kind of in the difficult to make publishing slash branded content at home. So this is for Badoo. Um, again, we recruited people at home, influencers to make this video, um, which I'll show you now. <laughs> We've been talking every day since lockdown. Guys, just look at my outfit for my virtual day. Super, super nervous. Oh, I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, 
I think it's time I introduced you to someone special. Fifi! You've got the most cute smile. Stop it. He's filming a TikTok dance to send to his dad. Look yourself on you. We made French toast together. He's actually really cute. She's playing that drawing game with this guy. Look what he's just drawn. He's definitely not an artist. Oh my god. It's so much better than I expected. All that's missing is you, right? So what that video did alongside um, other aspects of the campaign, and this was amplified on Badoo's channel and also on a lot of our channels, um, it actually drove a massive increase in downloads because we were being reactive to the situation um it, it's authentic um and we were able to create something out of out of a very tough situation so they're just two examples of how we adapted at that point in time um, and now we'll go on to the nitty-gritty which is where we're at, at the moment um which is social continuing to change rapidly um as it would with lessening impact from COVID, but my my God, there's been a lot of changes recently. I feel like social is changing on the hour, every hour. Um, and I'll go into a couple of points. So this one here, the Facebook identity crisis. You, If you speak to me about Facebook at the moment, it's a, definitely a feeling of exasperation. Um, Facebook is definitely going through a bit of an identity crisis and there's a couple of examples here. Um, it feels like they don't know what they want from publishers, they don't know what they want from brands um, and they're kind of putting themselves above their audience. Um, so for example in 2017 um, Facebook announced that they wanted long form video from publishers from brands um, and they've been pushing that message so super duper hard um, i have calls with facebook and they still push that message with me with me today but then they start testing things like short videos and it's very very confusing when you have facebook in your ear saying we want long form content um don't do not pull short form you'll be de-ranked for that and and then they come out with 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 things like this it really feels like they don't know what they want from people um this is an, another example um the, what the audience wants on facebook is very different from what facebook thinks they are and thinks that their audience wants um something that's cropped up recently uh is that the newsfeed algorithm will reward creators who publish video that sees longer average watch times um and is fully original um so any unoriginal content is is meant to be penalized uh which is which is the case we've seen a lot of people get demonetized on facebook um but almost the algorithm hasn't caught up um, in multiple ways. So one, the algorithm hasn't caught up in the fact that uh, original videos are getting flagged. There's, uh, there's, there's something not quite right in the back end. And also, if you look at what people are sharing on, on Facebook and what's doing well and what the algorithm is rewarding, it's unoriginal videos. So it's just such a mismatch confusion at the moment from Facebook. 
Um, so Facebook says they want long form, original story led content, but apparently short form now too, but also not who knows. Um, but what the audience wants when you scroll down your Facebook is memes, is short form content. It's, it's such a confusing place to, to grow at the moment. And it's kind of, how do you, how do you work with that? Um, one good thing about Facebook at the moment is paid. So paid is still great on Facebook, the back end of Facebook paid, you can target someone based on what they ate for breakfast. Um, whereas other platforms haven't caught up yet. Uh, this is an example of something that we did at the start of lockdown with revs. Um, and we actually sold through paid 1100 tickets um, to an online rum tasting class where you got sent a rum package and then there was a class, uh, which was really, really good. So that's what Facebook is good for at the moment. But what my question is, is if you're trying to build an audience on Facebook at the moment, is that really right? When, when there's such mixed messages from the platform itself, it's so difficult to build a strategy about building an audience on that platform. Paid is fantastic. So, um, you know, direct, um, direct actions and things like that through paid, fantastic. Building an audience, not so much. Um, also, we, we all know that uh, a lot of the time on Facebook, you have to pay to reach your audience. Whereas there's a lot of platforms where you don't have to do that. So in my personal opinion, if you're building a, a brand and building an audience, I would diversify away from Facebook at the moment. And I'll go into a couple of places where that makes sense. Instagram, also having a bit of an identity crisis, but kind of in a bit more of a positive way. So Instagram obviously owned by Facebook, so they, they like having their identity crisis, crises, crises, whatever the word is. Um, they, like, they like trying a lot of different things, but the thing is with Instagram is it's almost like how Facebook was a couple of years ago, whereas they'll release a shiny new toy and they will reward you for using it. So reels which is the new tiktok style feature um we've got igtv um and how we can soon monetize with ads on there um and then recommended content there's all of these different things have, have cropped up very very recently uh and it does feel almost a little bit like the app is getting quite Facebook-ish. So I think in a couple of years time Instagram might not be the place to be because it's very busy at the moment but as someone who wants to build an audience and someone who wants to build a brand, you can capitalize at, on these at the moment because Instagram is rewarding people who use their shiny new toy. So Reels, um, if you haven't heard of Reels, it launched about a week and a half, two weeks ago. It's a, it's very TikTok-y, um, short form, quick content that looks like this, some trashy stuff about One Direction. Um, very TikToky content. Oh goodness me! Uh Things like that. Um, and as much as it is a blatant copy of TikTok, and a lot of the content you see on there is just lifted and shifted from TikTok. What we're seeing on our on our platforms and on our pages, so Sport, for example, here, which is our sport and football brand, we're getting 
20 times more average um, views than feed videos. So if we were to post one of these on the feed, they'd get 20 times less views. And what we've seen is a huge spike in followers. So as much as it, it almost feels a bit, a bit dirty because it's, it is just a TikTok clone, you might as well take advantage of it. Build up your following by using Reels whilst you can, because in time, you won't be able to get that advantage from, from that. Um, IGTV is similar, and it was almost where Reels was now, maybe a couple of months ago, but it's still performing really, really well. So what IGTV is, is where you can post longer form Instagram videos. Um, this is where you might be able to monetize in the future and might be able to put ads in the future. You can in America at the moment. Um, it sees now still sees about two times um, average of the feed views on Instagram. Um, also we're seeing larger engagement and retention than Facebook. So if you've got a long form video, uh, when I say long form, I mean, you know, over one minute, post it through IGTV and you'll see, you'll reap the rewards. We're seeing really strong retention on there. So people are watching for longer. They've, they've, we've kind of, um, Instagram's kind of trained people to be, to be holding their retention more. Um, and my guess is with IGTV ads on their way, um, they're going to be pushing people to, to that platform more because Instagram will be able to make money there. So take advantage of this as much as you do of reels carousels so carousels on instagram are where you can upload multiple photos or multiple videos in one post now this is an example of, of steve um using carousels uh to to boost his his following boost his engagement now this got six hundred and three thousand likes and what the great thing about carousels is it offers several points of engagement so if a person doesn't relate to one part of your post, they can relate to another part. So um, John might relate to the first picture and, um, and share that to his story. Um, Stacy might relate to the second picture and share that to her story. And Joe might relate to the third picture and share that to her story. So in this one, because there's eight uncomfortable truths, you've got eight points of interaction for people to be sharing. And that's what has led to this humongous spike in Steve's following. So in, at the start of July, Steve was just over 800,000 on Instagram. In August, he hit a million followers. So if you're not jumping on carousels, um, and kind of giving that reason for people to share, then you're massively missing out. And we've seen this across the board as well. Um, I actually told my friends who run a, um, like a wellness business who, and they sell t-shirts and things to jump on carousels. And they messaged me the next day like, oh my God, Hannah, we've tried a carousel and it's, it's spiked our engagement massively. We've grown this many followers. Um, so all of these opportunities are just fantastic for growth and for interaction on Instagram. This is a new feature. This um, is kind of slowly rolling out. I saw it once on my feed and then it went. Um, the all caught up feature. So when you're scrolling through Instagram, what it used to say, if you'd seen all of all of the posts on your timeline, it would it used to say like you're all caught up, and it was. I'm positive when it was first released. I think it was maybe 2017, 18. Um, it it was kind of 
pitched as great for mental health, great for switching off, to stop endless scrolling. And now Instagram's done a bit of a back turn and thought, oh, you know what, we could probably make a bit more money from this. We can have people dwell on the app more if we start feeding them suggested content under that. Um, so this was this was the, the quote at the top is like the initial, um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it kind of shows that they want people to continue on the app to increase their dwell time. So my guess from this is, and it's, it's rolling out very, um, very slowly from, from what I can gather. I think a few people have it on their phones, a few people don't. Um, discoverability will increase. So uh, Instagram has kind of initially when it started out, the main thing that it was hard to come by was, was people liking and discovering your content who didn't already follow you over time that's increased as you were able to share your story um you're able to tag people in things etc but there's never really been a place where you just get served content that you might be interested in now how to get onto that um to that suggested feed my guess would be um hashtagging interests so hashtag appropriately and you will be served to people who are potentially interested in the content that um, that you're posting. Main lesson for Instagram is it's iterating in ways that can reward you. So capitalize on them whilst you can. And that's the same, that's the same for every platform. When there's a shiny new feature or a shiny new toy, if you jump on that straight away, you'll likely get rewarded. Uh, TikTok seems to be the platform of the moment. Um, now, I think before before 2020, TikTok was kind of the the ugly little brother of of other platforms, and people didn't really take it very seriously. And in the lockdown, the amount of people who've gave in and downloaded TikTok is phenomenal. I've got um I've got friends who are my age, so 28, 30s, who are like, oh my God, I'm addicted to TikTok. What have I become? Um and you know, I believe it should have been taken seriously before then. Um it's upping in the in the amount of daily active users. It's got over two billion downloads. It's got 800 million daily active users which is just phenomenal um it's definitely kind of put its staple in in the social media world and it's it's a place where similar to instagram at the moment where you can really capitalize on kind of free reach um the lovely thing about tiktok is growing is easy when you know what you're doing you can I've seen people go from zero followers to 100,000 followers in two days on TikTok. And that's what Facebook was like five, six years ago. And that's where the people like, that's where your lad Bibles were born. That's where these massive, um, you know, publishers and massive companies were born out of was, was jumping on free reach and free growth. And that's not to say that TikTok might start charging you for reach later down the line, but take advantage now when they're not. So the, the accounts on the left are two of our own publishers. So we have Seymour there, which has 2 million followers. We only started this uh, last year, um, which is phenomenal growth. 2 million followers in a year is just 
unbelievable. Um, similarly with student problems, almost 750,000 followers on TikTok. Uh, and that's just the understanding of the platform, understanding of how to create that native content, the content that feels right for that audience. Now, this example on the right hand side is a client's uh, TikTok account. I'm not allowed to say which client it is, which is why the red marks are over that. But we've grown them to 100,000 followers um, using some of their content, um, again, putting it in native um, organic TikTok styles. So here's some examples of brands who are doing TikTok right and taking taking advantage of this free, easy reach. Um, this one here is the Washington Post. So what the Washington Post have done is uh, before lockdown, they were basically just creating content in their office. Um, again, you, you know that that's a TikTok video when you see it. I think where people are messing up on TikTok is putting stuff out that looks overproduced, that looks like it's being pulled directly off Facebook or YouTube. Um, and that's not what you have to do. You have to create it with your, with your phone, um, very kind of scattily almost. Um, and that's what will do well. Chipotle is another example of just a phenomenal, phenomenal TikTok account. They're really reaping the rewards. So, as you can see, the most ridiculous video with the most ridiculous voiceover, but that actually got 7 million views on TikTok for a brand. Um, and so many brands, small businesses are taking advantage of TikTok. There's been there's been e-commerce business born out of TikTok because it is simple content with a simple algorithm um, where stupid stuff will fly. And that's, that's beautiful in my opinion. Um, again, with influencer campaigns, uh, it's a massive opportunity on TikTok. When you want to get your message out, it's sometimes easier to go to an influencer who knows the audience who knows the platform um, and who knows how to make something that is very native to that platform. Um, this is a fantastic example. So I found a package outside of my front door and I got really excited because no one ever sent me packages. And I opened it to discover, no way, it's Converse. Now I've never had a brand at this size show me any attention before. So I was really happy. As you can tell, they don't fit. And apparently this is a partnership and the deadline's tomorrow. So I don't see why Converse has to put this pressure on me, but it's okay because I like pressure. I feed off of it. So I decided to get in my car, drive to Venice Beach and ask strangers to put on the shoe instead. Yo, so what shoe size are you? The reason is they sent me these shoes to make an ad on TikTok. It'll take like five minutes. Oh, yeah, let's go. Here's the ad.
also don't let this flop so the conference can work with me again. Thanks. So as you can see, super duper authentic advert. Um, and the comments kind of show that. This got, I think, over 1.5 million views. Um, people seeing this ad was amazing. Suddenly I want a new pair of Converse. Um, and there's, there's plenty of influencers on TikTok who are creative, who have a, a very um, engaged audience who love them for what they create. Um, so tap into TikTok because it, it can do absolute wonders. Um, like I mentioned before, it, it's, it's similar to Facebook five years ago. Grow on there now, utilize, um, utilize influencers on there, and you'll capitalize in the future. You capitalize now, but you probably capitalize more in the future. I'm putting a bet on TikTok the same way that I put a bet six years ago on Twitter, then I put a bet on Facebook, and then I put a bet on Instagram. Every single, not every single one, but a lot of, a lot of these bets paid off. Um, when you know that the platform is giving out free reaches, giving out, um, you know, giving out free interaction, a free audience, and you put a bet on it, you probably is going to make money off that in the future. And the final slide is change happens on social every single day, regardless of the situation, regardless of, of, of COVID, regardless of anything that happens, change is going to happen on social. What you need to do is just look for that opportunity in the adversity um, and, and you'll win every time. Thank you very much. Awesome stuff, Hannah. Thank you so, so much. Um, well, it, it's really, really interesting because I, I think there's, there's a couple of things going on here. The first is that like, um, it, it's fascinating to hear uh, how the different features interact and, and how you can sort of take advantage like as an example like when you were speaking through Instagram I was like okay everything that I'm doing on Instagram like I'm, I'm the old guy posting to the feed all the time and, and stuff like that and, and you know but I haven't taken advantage of reels or IGTV so like there you are that's a great advantage but then it's also really interesting just to hear how you're in, how you're considering these things as someone that's built all these audiences um you know it, it's it's just really really interesting so so that insight at the end there which is like you know invest in tiktok that's the bet you can make that's 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 fascinating to me you know and, and just to hear that um and i hope you can see uh, the comments coming in you may have to stop sharing your screen to be able to see the comments coming in um but there's so many like uh amazing, oh, amazing. Like Thank you guys. and like um it's, it's really interesting just as uh, for everyone in the audience's uh, perspective that like usually what happens on a webinar is you start with X amount of people and then, you know, over the course of a session, people drop out and stuff like that. Over the course of this session, the audience has actually grown. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't really know what's happened there. <laughs> so, so that's, that's amazing. Um, so I, I want to uh, get in some questions. We've got about 15 minutes for questions. There are yeah. a bunch of them. Um, so like, uh, if everyone can do me a favor and open up the Q&A feature right now, uh, use the thumbs up feature on questions that you like, go through the list and find the ones that you like, and likewise get your questions in, then I can, uh, I can start uh, asking the right questions to make sure that we get those to Hannah. So there is one that is uh, going crazy at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll start with that one. It's from Dan, uh, who says, what advice would you give to B2B marketers uh, with very small markets say less than 1500 people uh, when using social media 
on a general level. And I, I, I guess you know, it might be useful for the benefit of the question to sort of break it down into different types of goals as well, perhaps. So B2B market sets. Yeah. Uh, B2, yeah. B2B marketers with relatively small audiences. I suppose what you probably want to do is if, if you've got a relatively small audience, it depends on on what you define as your purpose for social media. So if, if that was me looking at that, my purpose for social media wouldn't necessarily be to reach that audience, but to be an example for when people do find you. So um, LinkedIn, for example, fantastic for B2B. What you want to do is have a representation of, of your brand on LinkedIn and you're there's probably going to be a lot of overspill, but what it does mean is that when, when you're in contact with a business and they come and look at your social media, they know that you're like talking about the right things and that you know what you're talking about. Um, there's no point in in creating a, a Facebook page because you're never going to reach reach those people. There's point in creating a Twitter page because you can you can have your clients follow you, they can recommend, um, you can post interesting articles, things like that. But there's there's um, yeah, what I would do is, is really clearly define what you want your social media to be. And like I said, for me, it wouldn't be to, to go viral at all. It would just to be a representation of your brand to know, for people to find that and know that you know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. No, that's, that's a really excellent answer. It's, it's the perfect answer. So, so thank you. Uh, okay, so next on to Doug. Uh, who says, do you have any examples of TikTok? Uh, again, it's a B2B question. Uh, do you have any examples of TikTok working in a B2B environment? Uh, he says, especially professional services, but you know, let's broaden it out for, for everyone else in the audience. Off of the top of my head, I don't have any specific examples, but I have seen, um, I have seen like B2B people using TikTok. Um, so for example, um for example a uh, a life coaching business is is b2b it might be someone who is giving um life coaching or or um like training sessions to businesses that's a that's a b2b business i've seen examples of people do that where they will go on tiktok and they will give that advice on tiktok videos and do it in a, in a cool way so it'll be like if you've been on TikTok, you might have seen where there's music over the top and it'll have a, a word come over and it's like, uh, if you're struggling with your uh, presentation skills, and then it'll be like, do this, do this, do yeah. this. <laughs> and, and it's 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 adapting what you would usually say in maybe a piece of content on LinkedIn and, and putting in into that format. And the likelihood is you'll find you'll find your niche audience. You'll definitely find your niche audience. Um, there's, I'm, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm positive I've, I've seen loads, but um, there's like e-com businesses, which I know isn't B2B, but who will just kind of show their process, things that are interesting, you know, um, even things like, like math skills, Excel skills, very very niche things do well on tiktok um if if whoever asked that question wants to drop to drop me an email feel free and i'll have a i'll have a scour through and i'll, I'll try and get some examples across to you wicked and, and maybe we'll include that in the write-up as well so so folks can see some of those examples but um 
it's something that likewise I've, I've been seeing a lot more I'm wasting about three hours of my day now on TikTok <laughs> but like I've started to see that sort of level of content come in you know and their yeah. algorithm is ridiculous but like you get those folks who you know they are marketers or whatever and it's like I think there's one that's called like at marketing guys or something yes like that. they're fantastic yeah and it's just like quick marketing tips it's like little case studies or, or whatever. yeah you know yeah, they, they did one about um about a paint company who and it was just it was just an example of, of how a paint company um capitalized off apple ipod nanos um, yes yeah, yeah that's the one yeah and, and that went mad yeah, yeah absolutely mad so it's just it's just about being creative you, you've got regardless of what you work and you've got you've got a story to tell absolutely 100 find that story that that's a talk in itself but finding those stories is uh is is amazing um okay so we've got a question from sophie uh who says uh, how did you manage brand awareness pre and post the arla campaign so um so you provide those stats on on uh, so how did we track them so we yeah. did a um what we do is a, a survey beforehand mm-hmm. um with a large group of people um mm-hmm. through through social so i'm not exactly 100 on on the numbers but in the thousands um, and they'll track like, have you heard of this brand before? Have you, which brands have you heard heard of? Which brands do you like? Which brands don't you? Um, and then after the campaign, we'll um, survey that, I think it's survey the, the same control group. Um, and then we survey outside of the control group as well. And you're able to track the shifting mindsets. Nice. That makes perfect sense. That that's a really smart way. You know, it's one of these things that brand awareness is such a ethereal concept. Actually, to to do that, you know, seems as good as any other. Um, with this in mind, actually, is there, you know, we, we are speaking about the TikToks in the world, but you said a comment there, which was like, uh, if you make a bet on these platforms, I'm pretty sure that there's money out there which you can earn. Um, at the end of your talk, um, with the TikTok example. You know, it strikes me that it's sort of very top top of funnel. You know, so like the marketing guys, as an example, uh, I discovered them yesterday. I think it was probably one of your tweets, actually. So that that makes it feel a bit creepy. Um, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, I discovered them to get yesterday, but I don't actually know what they do yet. Um, and so when you're measuring the success of these campaigns and using TikTok as an, as an example, what's your attitude when you go into it in terms of expectation of revenue or sales or, or or whatever versus you know the following that you're building yeah. so for us it's kind of two separate purposes so we have obviously the publishing side so those are the the two owned um, pages that are showed so see more student problems yeah. where we make money from those now and where we'll make money from them in the future is probably quite different so at the moment there'll be like amplification campaigns on there um where we'll amplify brand content in the future potentially you look at Facebook you look at Instagram there's going to be um, ad revenue opportunities there potentially um, similarly with Twitter actually as well now um, where we, we might have pre mid um, like role adverts um, but then you've got obviously the, the the branded stuff that we do it is it is top of the funnel so that client that we um, that we grew an audience for on there. It's it's top of the funnel brand awareness stuff. Um, and then you look at Chipotle, you look at the Washington Post, and yeah, it is it is top of the funnel stuff. But I can guarantee that the Chipotle sales have gone up since they started 
since they started a TikTok, they're getting millions and millions of views and then not get, they would never get that on Facebook. They would never get that on YouTube. Um, and that's where, that's where they're, they're seeing the value. Um, there's also value in obviously like, um, things will start to come out features wise in terms of like driving link traffic. Um, you can, you can do that at the moment on TikTok with link and bio. Uh, but I would assume that we would be able to post links in, in copy soon. Um, so yeah, there's the opportunities will come, but with me, I'm, I suppose I'm quite like optimistic with, with platforms like TikTok in terms of like our revenue at the moment isn't up there yet, mm -hmm. but when we started, if, if we started out thinking like, oh what what money are we going to make from twitter in five years time or oh, what money are we going to make from facebook <laughs> we wouldn't like we would never have started because the opportunity wasn't there then what we started with was like we know that this platform is damn powerful we know we can reach a lot of people on there we know that um tv makes money because they reach people with content so the likelihood is if we build an audience on here the the revenue will follow after mm -hmm. no it makes perfect sense I, I i think there's a there's it's a very strong argument and to be honest it's one that you've proven as well you know and, and actually you know you've made this bet enough now and it has proven itself enough that you yeah. know you, you can kind of argue that with logic so uh, so that makes uh, a lot of sense and evidence actually um so there's a question here from dan uh who says that he has uh, observed that social media can provide uh, the opportunity for you know toxic toxic environments to, to develop uh, and his question is first it was just uh, on Facebook now Twitter seems to be going the same way uh, how can B2C businesses adapt to this toxicity, toxicity uh, and minimize its impact on their audience or community Big question. I think the issue of toxicity on social is a is a larger issue. Um, ultimately, if there's toxicity within your community, my advice is to just block and ignore it. Um, but the I actually did when I did my TED talk. It was kind of around like the the negative impact of social media, um, and I just sorry to kind of stray away from the point but i think it's a it's a much bigger issue than like than than any than anything else um it had like to solve it it's like a it's like a complete and utter society shift and a shift in what we teach in schools and a shift in um how we how we treat social media it's such a it's such a new it's such a new thing. It's such a new invention and like it's completely and utterly changed the world. And with every invention that comes along with every massive change in history, like there's, there's negativity that comes with it. Um, I think just spread positivity as, as much as possible, ignore the negativity. Um, and that's, that's all that like, all you can really do. And then on a personal level, like teach your children that, you know, Instagram isn't reality. Teach your children to be nice, um, and and that's 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 the best we can do. 
is not like shy away from it, not shy away from social media. It's, it's here to stay, it's here. Like kids aren't gonna stop using it. Like toxic people aren't gonna stop using it. Um, but if we start at, at the roots and start, at, you know, teaching people what's right and what's wrong, that's that's ultimately the best we can do. No, thank you for that, Hannah. It's, it's uh, you know, perfectly, perfectly worded. So thank you. Uh, I feel like that's really powerful. So appreciate that. Uh, so we've got a question from Dai. We've got about two minutes left, folks. So we're not going to be able to get through all the questions, um, but I've, I've just copied and pasted them all. So uh, we'll find a way, even if it's through our own content, to make sure that we, we, we get as much as we can answered. Um, so Dai says, uh, there's no there was no mention of LinkedIn uh, in your in your presentation. Um, so I'd be interested, you know, how are you viewing LinkedIn uh, presently? And uh, do you count that as, as social media, uh, to, to Dai's question? 100% I count it, 100%. And um, I suppose if, if, if I had all day, I would have included LinkedIn, <laughs> I would have included YouTube, I would have included Twitter. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is, is so, so powerful, so powerful, especially for, um, for B2B. So as a business, we use LinkedIn a lot. Um, video on LinkedIn is, is massive, but not just, not, it's kind of the same, the same as, any, as anything. Like if you want to um, advertise on any social media, like the the root is not just make an advert the root is add value and that's that's where we're seeing um huge you know uptakes on linkedin and we get a lot of our um like briefs through linkedin and a lot of inquiries through linkedin by offering true value so for example for me if i was doing this um and I did this the last time at the marketing meetup. If I was doing this presentation in real life, I would have a, a, a cameraman there or a ca camera person there. Um, and, and I'd have a microphone on. And then afterwards I'd, I'd clip this down because this is probably the most valuable thing that I like, that I'll say. Um, and then people on LinkedIn want this value as much as everyone else. So my one true advice on LinkedIn is don't just like, don't just shout about yourself. Don't just shout about your business and what you do because that's never going to engage people. What you want to do is like give people genuine value on how to improve themselves within your field or um, something like cool and interesting that other people can take value from. And that's like the easiest thing on LinkedIn. And that's what will get you views, followers um, and inquiries. That's awesome, and actually, that, that that's wonderful because that's also answered the uh, the top question there from David as well, who uh, wanted to find a way to increase their their relevant followers. So uh, sweet, it is nine thirty, and I've got to respect Hannah's time. I've got to respect the time of the audience. Although I wish we could go on all day. Um, so Hannah, like, thank you so so much. Um, as you'll be able to see from all the chat messages coming in, like just absolutely unreal it seems like so many people have just like really really gained so much from this session so uh, thank really... you so much for having me it's been no. wonderful <laughs> i'm glad and i'm glad that george has uh hopefully not been chewing your toes there. yeah he's been all right he's just asleep on the floor now he's got a tiktok by the way if anyone does want to follow it's miniature dash on george <laughs> nice that's awesome <laughs> that's well i'll include that in the write-up too <laughs> brilliant so sweet thank you all so much for for coming along today uh, as ever we have another webinar uh, next tuesday we'll be relaunching conversation club quite soon uh, and please do take the opportunity to thank the sponsors 
Otherwise, I just hope you all have the most wonderful day. Uh, really, really grateful for you all being here. And uh, thank you once again, Hannah. So, well, uh, take thank care. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, everyone.